tick tock tick tock tick tock tick tock time is money in this episode Alex Olga talks about being 7'2'd and how he was able to take that 7'2'd and turn it into a full house and now is a beast to be reckoned with. What's going on, everyone? I got one of my partners here. I'm so excited. Finally have him on. He's been out there busy. Uh, got my man, Alex Solga. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, good to see you, buddy. It's good to have you on, man. So for those of you who don't know Alex, I mean, Alex has been on a, on a number of Matt McKeever videos. He's just been crushing it. I've never seen a guy so excited to get to be getting uh, laid off and getting that, uh, what does Nelly say? E-I-E-I-O-O, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Alex and I are partners now on a number of projects. And I mean, we're just scratching the surface and, and where we want to go is, is just unprecedented for us. Uh, and, and essentially what we've been able to do actually in a short period of time as a partnership has been very impressive, unprecedented as well. Um, so we both sit on the same uh, mastermind. So our, 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 our wavelengths, our vibrational levels are at the same level. We both get each other. We understand each other. And Alex went from a landlord, you know, toughing it out as a lone wolf to saying, fuck this. I don't need this no more. I want to be a private lender. So <laughs> that's pretty much in a nutshell. So Alex, welcome, man. Awesome. Good to be here, buddy. Yeah, man. So tell us, man. I mean, I'm going to get to those, the nuts and bolts after because that's what people want to hear. But before, actually, before I do that, I have to do this because people tell me I have to do this. Is For those of you that are listening or watching, make sure you push the like button at the bottom and hit subscribe. Uh, even if you don't like it, still do it anyways. It helps me out. <laughs> that's what I've been told. <laughs> I did it for the first time yesterday, and I think I got like four or five uh, subscribers. So I'll keep on doing it that way. So, so Alex, man, like... Before getting to your first property, which I think was in around 2013, 2014, if I were correctly, let's even before we get to that, let's talk about Alex before real estate. All right. So as a kid, I grew up on a tobacco farm. My parents had one of the biggest tobacco farms in Southern Ontario. And I grew up in that atmosphere of go, go, go. And, um, you know, everything is my responsibility. I, I learned that at a young, a very young age and it was a very hard atmosphere and I was forced to grow up very young, you know, by the age of 10, 12, I would have to temporarily manage situations and employees. And, um, and so it, I didn't have a much of a childhood to be honest. And I mean, it made me who I am now and it, it's cool but it was really hard at the time. And so, um, so I did that. I never played sports, never did anything because it was school and work on the farm. And that's all it ever was. And because I was the only son in the family, the only boy, um, I, was, I was put to work all the time. And I mean, it, it is what it is. It's given me uh, a lot of work ethic and it's given me drive and focus. And so I ended up going to college. I went to Fanshawe College for engineering, hated it. Um, I, I started in a four-year program 
turned it to a two-year program. Still took me four years. I played a lot of pool. I didn't really go to class. I didn't, I didn't really want to be there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what else to do. I was 17, 18. Um, you know, what, what else do you do? You don't know. And, and so that's what I did. I thought it was cool, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. And then it was a co-op term. It was a co-op course. So on one of my co-ops, instead of going to get a job, I got my truck driver's license and I drove truck. So it was a six month co-op term. I drove truck um, every day from Toronto to Ottawa and back hauling uh, milk. And then I did that all all through college. And then I went out west to Saskatchewan in 2006. And I went to college there. It was uh, called Briarcrest, a Christian college. And um, I actually graduated with a BA in business. And while out there, every weekend I would drive truck so go to Winnipeg, go to Edmonton, go to Calgary, um, just just hustling, right? And while doing all these things, you know, I was learning about Scott McGilvery. I was trading stocks with my grandfather, you know, trying all these things because I had this entrepreneurial drive. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, nothing was working out. You know, I traded stocks on and off for four or five years, didn't really have success. You know, I've got some crazy stock stories, you know, one day I was up 50 grand and then, and then I didn't sell and then lost it all and things like that. And so wild stories, you know, borrowing everything off my credit card to buy stocks and, and things like that. And, and I really got to liking real estate. You know, when I was out there, I read rich dad, poor dad, and that really got my mindset going that got me shifting and and it it gave me that hunger you know to do something for myself like growing up on the farm did that as well and this was just the next thing you know trying stocks failing at stocks reading rich dad poor dad you know learning about scott mcgilvery and his story you know um and that gave me the hunger for real estate and i knew i wanted to get in real estate i didn't know how So I graduated in 2010, came back, drove truck, and we bought, I got married in 2008, and we bought our first house in 2010 um, here in Ingersoll. No money, no nothing. Figured it out. And then we bought our first rental the end of 2012. Five-bedroom student rental just north of Fanshawe College. Beautiful house. You know, it was a nice corner lot, beautiful trees, all that stuff. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I just jumped in and I had this property manager and, and he was managing already. And I said, you know, buddy, take a hike. I got this. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I told the students too much. There were four guys. They bullied me. They treated me like crap. They knew I was a new landlord and, and I didn't know the rules. And the one kid, the ringleader, um, his dad was a landlord. So he knew all the rules on both sides and they managed to bully me to let them out of the the leases early for the summer. So that mistake cost me seven grand in my first year. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I I was so stressed out. I couldn't sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Every time I drive to this property, it was a fight with somebody. And I was like, man, what the heck? And, you know, I had bed bugs. I had this, I had that. They're constantly abusive emails, abusive text messages. And it's like, man, is this, is this what landlording is like? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm looking around I'm like, man, people are successful at this. So I, I just kept my head down and kept, 
you know, trying to make the most of the situation, I guarantee almost everybody was, would have sold and said, this crap doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Instead, I just punished myself and forced it to happen. Um, so they left, I got new tenants in, I got my property manager back. He was an all right property manager, but he wasn't great. He had a full-time job. So this was kind of a side thing. Mm -hmm. When it's your side thing, you're never completely focused on it. And so I, you know, I did that. I really, I didn't have money for a down payment. You know, um, my truck was paid for, we went and got another loan on the truck and just all kinds of stupid stuff. Right. And borrowing money from people, paying them back. And then in 2015, I bought a duplex, mm -hmm. you know, at this point I was out of stocks. I didn't trade stocks anymore. I was focused on real estate, bought the duplex on Highbury, uh, paid 160 for it, renovated the upper unit right away. And, um, and you know, in 2014, I did Keyspire. So it kind of, the one big takeaway I had from Keyspire, which Keyspire was expensive, but I had one big takeaway and that was that real estate can be your business. Mm -hmm. um, up until then, I was doing real estate until I could find my business, like I buy a business or whatever, right? I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew I wanted something for myself. Mm -hmm. And then Keyspire, my one big takeaway was that this is the business. And that really gave me a focus on, okay, this is what I want to be doing. I want to be buying real estate. So we got that duplex in 2015. We bought a duplex in 2017. And now we're selling everything off as we've pivoted into doing flips and lending and that sort of thing. Wow. Um, just a bit of a more background. I've tried lots of entrepreneurial things in the back um, in my early days. In 2010, 2011, and 2012, I sold bottled water in Port Dover for Friday the 13th events. And, you know, that was a big, uh, it wasn't a success, but I learned a ton. Mm -hmm. I learned a ton about business, about the legal aspect, what you have to do, you know, what sells, what doesn't sell, at what price points. And, and that was really, really cool. And basically, my whole family got involved to help me because I jumped into something bigger than I could manage. And like my first time out, 2010, I went to Costco, I bought 33,000 bottles of water. In my mind, I was gonna sell them for two bucks a bottle, I was gonna make 66,000 that day, life is good. I had three locations, two locations sold nothing, I had to drop my price to a buck a water, a buck a bottle. So at, so at my main location, uh, two bucks a bottle, I was selling eight bottles a minute, or even less, it might've been six. When I dropped my price to a dollar a bottle, I was selling like 24 bottles a minute. And so I ended up breaking even that day. I had to rent a truck. I had people hired and you know, it was an awesome experience. And I did it two more years, learned a lot. I said, I'm done, done with this. And then I, would, I was buying and selling furniture online. I go to these Shackleton auctions, buy a bed set for a dollar, sell it for 120 bucks. I thought I was the king of the friggin' world. And, um, you know, did that for a while. And then I started flipping ATVs, you know, start buying ATVs, December, January, February, when everyone's broke, turn around, sell them May, June, July. You know, we were first year I bought what, 14, we made a thousand profit a machine. So I did it for three years. My third year was an absolute bust, had a lot of unlucky things happen. It is what it is. And I mm -hmm. thought, man, I can do something better with my time. Sure. Sure. So that's a bit of a, a background of me, man. That's awesome, man. Yeah, well-rounded, man. But I, I love the fact that the the common denominator is that entrepreneurial spirit is, you know, uh, you know, and it's th that's it. I mean, that's the driver, right? So 
So the common question I ask, actually, the one I have two common questions I ask uh, on the on the on the podcast is the seven two moment, the moment that those have been seven two. So the seven two for those listening, perhaps for the first time, um, is in poker the worst possible hand you can pull is going to be a seven two. Usually, when you get that hand, you're going to fold it because it's not a good hand. Unfortunately, in life, you can't control the hand that you're dealt but you can control how you play that hand. In my life, I've been 7-2'd on multiple occasions um, and uh, hit rock bottom as a result of it. Um, and it was probably the most defining moment for me. So Alex, when did you get 7-2'd and what was your 7-2 moment? So basically, the whole time I was in real estate since 2012 up till this year, it's been a brutal ride, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have the support I needed. I worked hard. I didn't work smart. And so I can't say the last seven years were, were all that specifically, but I didn't have an easy year. Every year was hard for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Last year especially was my worst year. So to give an example, it would be my 2019. Mm -hmm. um, so people don't, people don't really know this. I jumped into Amazon. I wanted to sell on Amazon. And right at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, I ended up buying, um, what were they, picture frames. And I started selling them on Amazon. It was a complete bust. Usually your first product you sell on Amazon is a bust because it's a learning curve. And I made a lot of mistakes. I ended up buying inventory off a guy that was dead inventory. I wasted like 20 grand, like just stupid, stupid, stupid. And then... Um, and then my that didn't go well. And Amazon can be a good business, but you have to focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. And I split my focus. Like I, real estate's the only thing that's done well for me. You know, stick with what does well. Mm -hmm. But so I, I split my focus. Did not go well for me. And then Andrea, Andrea wasn't working mm -hmm. that much. She could only get some part time hours teaching. And it was a very hard situation. So the, the year started off as a bust. It really did. And it only got worse. You know, um, we had a lot of tenant problems at our Highbury rental. Mm -hmm. And what happened was October 2018, we let a tenant into our unit because I was desperate for rent. Mm -hmm. I was broke 2018 October. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, I can't afford to let this unit sit. You can always afford to let the unit sit always. Mm -hmm. And so we took a risk with someone we normally wouldn't let in. I thought, you know, what's my worst case scenario? You know, usually worst case scenarios don't happen. This one did. Worst case scenario happened. Absolutely destroyed my rental property. Tenant was horrible. Their kids got taken away from them. Their dog, you know, they let the dogs starve. Just horrible people. And so, um, so I missed out on a ton of rent and I couldn't afford to carry the property myself. You know, I, I'm working, but I don't make a lot of money at my full-time job. My wife wasn't bringing in much money and the expenses are racking up, racking up. Finally, the sheriff kicks the tenant out in August and my rental property is destroyed. And um, a friend of mine said to me, go to the media, you know, go to the media. So uh, CBC got back to me and they walked through the unit with me. And like we were in the unit two minutes, we had fleas all over us. So we had to get the unit fumigated before we could clean it out. There's dog shit everywhere. Like the, like two cane course of dogs lived full time in the unit. They pissed and crapped for eight months in the unit. 
and there's broken glass on the floor from my brand new windows that the tenant smashed out and just, you know, absolute disaster. And at this point, I've got very little money left. Mm -hmm. um, I go to Scotia Bank and I say, you know, what can you guys do for me? Because I had a line there and they said, well, you're pre-approved for a 25,000 visa. I said, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up using that to do a lot of the renos. And so from August until February, I was there every other night and almost every weekend. And it was brutal. It was so hard on the family. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and in the, in the midst of that, you know, my truck was breaking down, things weren't going well and like everything was going wrong. October, 2019, I officially ran out of money. I ran out of money. I ran out of credit. Totally maxed out. And man, when you're in a position where you have no access to cash, you know, you got a wife, you got kids, like that's rock bottom. And you know, whether you, whatever happens, you know, I took it on myself. You know, I made some poor decisions and I paid the ultimate price and I felt like a massive failure. And so I had to borrow money off my parents just to live, right? Mm -hmm. And it was brutal. And so, so then in October, I'm trying to sell my student rental because I've got some equity in it, mm -hmm. you know, and so I need some cash. So we throw it up on the market right as the market starts slowing down in October. Like the market was really, really hot. And then all of a sudden it went to a dead crawl. And that's when I threw my house on the market. And it sat for four weeks, 50 showings, not one offer. And I'm talking to my agent and I said, let's just pull it down. I'll renovate it over the winter, sell it in the spring. Because it needed work. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I got a guy coming in. Just give me, give me a few more days. So we got a cash offer almost asking price and and i obviously took it and so that closed early january this year that put some cash in the bank and then i sold my duplex in april and my my third duplex is actually hitting mls this friday mm -hmm. and so we've pivoted on how we do business i don't do business with the old property manager anymore um, I've got a new property manager, you know, just my mindset's totally shifted. And so last year was the absolute worst year of my life. Like I hit rock bottom, like I didn't want to live. And if it wasn't for my wife and kids, who knows, right? And so that was my seven, two moment for sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that, man. That was, um, that was when I first, cause I mean, I had seen you on social media, um, but it wasn't until seeing that, um, reading that article actually on CBC news where it was like, holy fuck. Like that's like, I think for me, that was that moment saying, holy shit, this could happen to me. And, uh, it's, um, yeah, no, no, every, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's, is not, not, this is not a, a podcast to, you know, play victim and saying, Hey, landlords have it bad. Actually, fuck it. I'll say it anyway. We do have it bad. I mean, the system is, is pivoted. It's, it's, it's unilateral push to one direction. People are born in this country and they can walk into someone's house and they have the God-given right not to have to leave, and which is just uh, dumbfounded. I mean, I had uh, April Crossy as a gift, uh, sorry, as a guest uh, and a gift <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago in an episode and she's out of Pennsylvania and she was saying six weeks max and they get someone up. When I told her some of the stories up here, she was completely shocked, like completely shocked. And she goes, I got people complaining it's taking six weeks here, maximum, maximum. Wow. You know, so, that would be a dream come true. Absolutely. Like, I've reached a point too. People are saying like, you know, be careful. Some of these tenants, they're not, they're not all bad. That's the thing. They're not all bad. I mean, I used to be a tenant at one point in time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, 
they're not all bad, but it's always the bad apples. And then, you know, I had one dude, I have a listing right now on Kijiji and basically said, dude, like, come on, man, best price, half the rent, every half the country's on serve. And it's like, and I, I, I was ready to write a comment saying, obviously you don't qualify. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, I better not, right? Like, you know, the sense of entitlement, but that's that's a whole other, uh, you know, bitch fest over tequila at another night. But so, and I appreciate you sharing that. But then, so something shifted. Like, Alex, I've seen you, sh- I've seen your personal growth. Like, I've seen it. I'm, I'm side by side with you at war. What was that shift? Like, you, you've become, a, 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 and I say it with the utmost respect. A weak, broken, lack of confidence, scared to make a decision, and you're a fucking rock star right now. What was that? What was that? That what was that pivotal moment for you? What did you do? So I, I just want to say first that in the midst of all the crap I went through, I tried to stay as positive as possible, mm-hmm. not complain, mm-hmm. take ownership, mm-hmm. figure out what I did wrong, and make some changes. Mm-hmm. And then, so what was it? November, November, December. I found out about Castle Tribe. I found out about Ben. I, I didn't know who Ben was. And I was looking at some properties and I didn't have any money. And I started, I was actually messaging Ben before I knew about Castle Tribe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he was telling me a bit about it and I wanted to get involved. I wanted to get involved. I needed, I needed support Mm -hmm. and up until August when that happened to me, I didn't know a single other investor in London other than Matt McKeever on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a local meetup group in London in in August. I I remember seeing you there, London Creative Real Estate Investing. I remember seeing you at a distance there, yeah? That was the first one I went to. That's right. And I met local investors and it was awesome. And then we're working at the duplex and I met Shahir. He was door knocking and he knocked on my door when we're there working on it. And um, he, he kind of said what he was doing, but I knew what he was doing because I, uh, I knew what was going on with wholesaling. And I said, who do you work for? Mike Rosehart or Matt McKeever? He said, well, Matt McKeever. I said, okay. And he was shocked that I knew those names. Mm-hmm. And then I started meeting people and growing my network. And then I joined Castro Tribe. And getting that support, growing a network, staying positive and taking ownership. And then I went to um, one of the boot camps. I went to the one in January and it absolutely changed the way I think and do business. Um, Up until that point, I knew working hard. I didn't know working smart. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to scale a business. No one around me has scaled a business. Mm And then I was in a room with people that have scaled businesses Mm -hmm. and, you know, I wasn't willing to, you know, to take on any partners, to do anything different. And my mindset's totally changed on how I do business. And it has been awesome. You know, I was on a phone call with Ben and I've said this a few times now in January before the boot camp, And I said, and I've been telling everyone for almost 15 years now, I want to quit in five years and be a real estate investor full time. And that was like almost 15 years ago. So, you know, here I am still full-time job. Can't quite figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm on the phone with Ben and Ben, I say to Ben, you know, well, he says, what's your goal? I said, you know, I'd like to quit in two years. And I thought I was being really aggressive with two years. Right. And he says, well, how about six months? And I'm like, 
I, th I thought, well, that's just ridiculous. I said, sure. I'm thinking in my mind that, well, that's just not possible, right? How am I going to do that? I, I could, in 12 years, I couldn't figure it out. How am I going to figure it out in six months? Mm -hmm. And, and, and he gave me a couple ideas and then I went to the boot camp, and it totally changed how I think. And then kind of think about what do I want my, my lifestyle to look like? And so I wanted to start doing being an active partner on some more properties. And so we picked up a fourplex and then we picked up another fourplex and we've got two triplexes on the contract. And it was in talking with you and partnering with you that I actually figured out what I really want. And me and you took on this flip together, not really, not really having it figured out or planning to, but I just happened to have money coming in. And so, okay, I'll be the money partner. Let's do this. Mm. And I fell in love with that. Absolutely mm. fell in love. Like when I went to school at West, it was for finance. I was going to work at the bank, all that other crap that never happened. Mm -hmm. And you know, stocks, I love finance mm. and this suits me so well, mm -hmm. you know? And so I found my passion. It allows the lifestyle that I want because like my job is phone calls, text messages, emails, like that's mm -hmm. the job. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, showing up on job sites as need be. And, um, that's been my, my pivotal moment, man. That's been the change awesome. and it has been life changing for the first time, 10, 12, 15 years. I'm happy yeah. for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm happy. Yeah. And, that's awesome. um, so I was going to quit my job the end of April Well, I got laid off the end of March. So I didn't have a choice. Yeah. You know, people think there's security in your jobs. Luckily for me, I had this game plan on the side anyways, because I honestly don't think if I want to go back to my job, I don't think there's a job for me. Mm -hmm. I, was, I just texted my boss last night asking for an update because I haven't officially given my notice because I'm on unemployment and that's been helping because I don't have income coming in from any flips yet. Yeah. And so like he's, he's saying there's, there's nothing. No guarantees, no nothing. So like yeah. if I was sitting at home waiting to go back to my job, man, what do you do? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I think I beat you by like a week. <laughs> right. I think I beat you by a week because. Yeah. Cause we were both at the same boot camp together and, um, and similar conversations, you know, I had Ben and Matt and Corey McKinnon was also there. Uh, one of the guest speakers. And just saying, okay, well, I need this, I need a financial runway because I have a, a very expensive ex-wife. <laughs> I have to cover her taste, right? That's and right. so, you know, how do, how do I do this? How do I do this? And I sort of mapped it out in my head, but I really didn't map it out. And it's like the comment coming from Ben was like, why are you waiting that far out? Like, well, because it's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to, you know, time to jump in a deep end and learn how to swim. And um, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. So... Like we were both going to quit in July. That Originally, fun, we were yeah. going to quit in July. Yeah. And then we both quit in March. Yeah. Yeah. Like unbelievable. I remember that boot camp. It was the one in February in Toronto. I cried in front of 60 people. Well, because I cried before you. I cried after you. Yeah, you <laughs> cried. And then I friggin' cried telling my story. And I almost cried on here just a few minutes ago. I saw that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, you know, people like I. What's amazing is, that, and I shared this, I think, yesterday to, uh, yeah, a couple people actually I was on the phone with, is since getting into a smaller room, and I, and I say this religiously, it's like a broken record, the smaller the room you're part of, it's inversely proportional to the success you're going to have. It has to be the right room, by the way. And so, 
since my pivotal moment and, and that kind of stuff, I think I've broken down more in the last two, three months than I have in all my life. And it's not breaking down because I have regrets. It's breaking down because I found myself. There's nothing, there's nothing more joyous than that, right? It's finding that when you find yourself. So it, it, it's great. So, so what's your favorite book? That's a good question. So I've always loved the idea of reading, mm -hmm. but I actually never liked reading, right? I've, for years, I've had books and the books just sit there. I read five pages, never finish a book. For the first time ever, I finished a book this year. Which one? I, um, the Slight Edge was the first. No, actually, Ben's Wholesale Book was the okay. first one I actually finished. And then The Slight Edge, I just finished three days ago. And I'm just wrapping up Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, I was given Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill four or five years ago from a friend of mine. So mm -hmm. I've been in purchasing for years. And so I deal with a lot of salesmen. And I get personal very quick with people. It's, I don't know, I just do that. And this salesman gave me this book and he said, I'll give it to you if you promise to read it. <clears throat> and I promised I would read it. I read 12 pages and I put it down. And then I picked it up in February and started giving her, right? And so my favorite book, it's personal development books, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, I can't say one book. I mean, Think and Grow Rich has been awesome. I didn't understand it four years ago. You know, I read the first 10 pages. I'm like, man, this, you know, this is boring. This isn't for me. Yeah, yeah. And now, like, I get it. I get it. The book makes sense. And everyone I know who's successful is talking about this book. I'm like, man, I got to read this book. Yeah. And so personal development books have been awesome. And I'm, I'm, I love the mindset change. Andrea's really on it as well. She's focused on personal development and 2020 has been the year of change. It's been the mm -hmm. year of growth, pushing through barriers. It's been awesome. And now my favorite time of the day is 6.30 in the morning, brewing coffee, reading my book. Tell me about it. I'm the same. Right? Way. That's a non-negotiable for me. I wake up and I'm, that's, I, I wake up every day at 4.45 in the morning and I do that because I want to read. I want to get some exercise in. Um, but yeah, I know the slight edge, it definitely is definitely a cornerstone for me. Um, you know, just highly recommend to all the listeners and viewers. If you aren't, you know, it's that, that's your that's your fault. And um, there's there's just some amazing books. I'm actually listening to an audible that was recommended to me by Corey McKinnon, which is F U Money by Dan Locke, which I love. So it's a nice. I've seen that book. I want to buy it. Yeah. So I, I I like the audible because you hear the author's own voice. Like even Money People Deal. When I when I read it, it was great by Stephen Arneo. Um, you know, uh, rest in peace. But um, it was uh, actually listening to the audible because it's his voice. Wow. It's in David Goggin as well. Like, I mean, it's his voice. Like you hear the struggle, you hear the, you just hear their soul. Yeah. And so it's pretty cool. So yeah, no, I've become more of a, more of that, you know, I've, like I said, I've read more now than ever before. Um, and, I, and I battle with reading too, is because I, I truly believe, and I mentioned this to you before we started is I, I truly believe I'm self-diagnosed with, um, with it, some, some level of attention deficit disorder because my brain's firing on all cylinders all the time. So I, I could be, you know, I'm present, but I'm not present. So even though I'm reading a book, it would take some people, you know, a quick minute to read a paragraph. It could take me literally five minutes because my brain's wandering. Right. 
I got but, you, man. Yeah. So, so Alex, as so for a new investor coming into the game, what would be some counsel you would provide them? Get involved in a network and get your feet moving. You know, understand where you want to go at first, because I say at first because it will change, right? As you're um, as you learn things, you'll figure out what you like and what you don't like. So you need to get around people who are successful because successful people want to help people who are motivated, right? Mm -hmm. Like someone reaches out to me, they want help, I'll help them. If they're not taking action, I'm not gonna help them. Mm -hmm. But if they wanna take action, they want help, I'll help them. And then take action, do something, buy a property, do wholesaling, get out there. You know, you're gonna try, you're gonna fail, and you're gonna succeed. You know, it all happens together and it's, you know, real estate isn't easy. Um, I don't think enough people say that real estate is very, very hard. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to have that network of supportive people around you mm -hmm. because you're going to have some really bad days. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of bad days and I had no support around me, man, for years. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say. And if you're buying real estate and not enough people talk about this have a separate bank account and make sure you got money in the bank, mm -hmm. you know, set aside that buffer for years. I never had a buffer cause I was doing everything on a shoestring budget. Yeah. And so I didn't have enough money to put in a buffer, you know? So now when I had things happen, crap, I got no money. What am I going to do? Right. If I had 5k sitting there, you know, mm -hmm. tenants not paying, you know, roof furnace, whatever, you know, I've got money to pay it because in real estate money solves your problems. Mm -hmm. You need to have money. And so that's what I would tell someone new. Sure. So I'm going to, I'm just going to adjust that about money and say, it's some, you know what, it's, it's what the key is, is, is also most important, not just having the money, but it's having access to money, exactly. access to money. So not just your own money or your lines or your credit cards, but access to other people that have money. Absolutely. If that you want to be in business and you want to scale, man, you can have a million in cash. You do three deals, you're broke. Like yeah. it, everyone runs out of money so fast. Mm -hmm. Like right now I'm doing flips with you. I'm raising money because we're buying flips in cash and it's very cash intensive, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. right now I've got like 600 grand at my disposal. It's all tied up yeah. and not that many deals, right? We're, yeah. we're still looking for more, more money because we can do more deals. Yeah. And so you need to leverage yourself and relationships and other investors right you really need to if you want to grow as an investor absolutely because so look at my i have my big white ass whiteboard here with uh all the projects we're working on and i mean like let's i mean we're busy i mean we got we got four flips on the go right i mean yeah. it's, it's 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 crazy right and so flips are all exciting according to you know hgtv and, and there's so much you know you can romanticize about them and that kind of stuff right now it's tough because capital is tied up and right now it's it's bleeding until Absolutely. you until you until it's purchased right so and and you said before this you know as soon as we're done you're heading over to our flip yeah and i told you as soon as we're done i'm heading over to my flip yeah you know um like i've got i've got two flips on the go we're closing on the third one this week um i'm closing on that one with roberto we're jving yeah and then so we have three flips on the go and then i've got four more lined up so we're doing seven flips total this year 
Yep. And it's busy and you've got to manage your money. You've got to manage your timelines mm -hmm. and it is very difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I hear you, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Right. So it's, uh, you got to have a good set of cojones to, to do what we're doing. That's and for you sure. have to have a, a stable emotions. You have to be able to control your emotions. Like when you have a bad day, man, you don't want to sell everything, you know, understand you're having a bad day. There's going to be good days. And so you really have to be in control of your emotions. You have to be professional at all times. Mm -hmm. You know, like when, especially you're in partnerships with people, you know, the relationship is number one. Mm -hmm. And you can't be flying off the handle when things aren't going right. Things are not going to always go right. And you mm -hmm. have to understand that ahead of time. Yeah, there's no fucking unicorns out there. That's for sure. You got to make you know, them. Yeah. You know, there's unexpected things, you know, unexpected costs, you know, there's assumptions, right? Even though we have everything on paper, we understand things differently. And so we have to work through that as reasonable and professional people. Mm -hmm. And so first thing first, you have to control yourself, control your emotions, mm -hmm. because if you can't control yourself, you're going to repel everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a very un unforgiving side when it comes to relationships. So as you come to a close here, because we both <laughs> have to go and, and, and focus on our re revenue generation here, um, I always ask, leave, the, leave the, you know, the podcast and the video with the tombstone question. So for those of you that have never heard what the tombstone question is, the tombstone question is, is that, you know, the day we meet the maker, we're stuck with the tombstone and ultimately we don't. We're not given the choice of what we want written on the tombstone. Someone's going to put something on a tombstone for us. What's going to be on your tombstone, Alex? So I was thinking about this because I knew you were going to ask. And it's going to be something along the lines of living out my faith to the best of my possible abilities. And there's another thing I always tell people that at the end of the day, you want to look back and not have regrets. Like, so living without regrets. So that doesn't mean you will. But, you know, as you do personal development, you will have less and less regrets mm -hmm. as you start making better decisions with your mm -hmm. time and with your life. And so, you know, living out my face to the best of my ability, living without regrets and like the meaning of my name, Alexander, I just have it on my second screen. It's a defender and protector of men. Mm -hmm. So, so those three things, you know, I want to be on my tombstone. I love that, man. Alex, this has been awesome, man. And like, it's, it's amazing. Like we're brothers. I mean, we have partnerships and every time we have a conversation, we're always learning something new about each other. So absolutely. I love it, man. That is awesome. So thanks again, man. Uh, and I know we'll be chatting on the phone later on today, <laughs> giving each other updates on projects. Uh, but again, I just want to thank you again for this. This has uh, been amazing. And I'm just so blessed that I'm able to share this conversation with the rest of the world. So thank you again. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. No problem.